on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. First offering. Swing a line drive towards left, hanging up for Yelich. He makes the catch, and the ball game is over. The Brewers have swept the Nationals in Washington, D.C. Final score this afternoon, Brewers 3, Nationals nothing. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City in Milwaukee with Jerry Augustine, here's Matt Pauley. That's one heck of a win for the Brewers today as they knock off the Nationals by a 3-0 score. They defeat Max Serzer, and they come away with a series sweep in our nation's capital. Welcome in to Brewers X Turnings. My name is Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine here as well. We have you for about the next hour or so, taking you till 4.30 as we uh, look back at this afternoon's game and really look at this entire series as uh, the Brewers playing some pretty solid baseball right now as they get the win today. They get a couple home runs. They get spectacular pitching. And as we do bring in former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine, Augie, one of the things that sometimes frustrates me about the way baseball is being played right now is occasionally, not even occasionally, sometimes, fairly often, we see pitchers who are not great pitchers go out and maybe put out great performances, and that's happening too often. That is not the case of today. If you love good pitching, you got it today. Brandon Woodruff was masterful. Max Scherzer gives up uh, the home run, nothing more. He was really good, was dominant after his first inning. I mean, this was just a, a spectacular pitching performance on each side, and the Brewers happened to pitch just a little bit better. Yeah, when you look at the schedule of games today and you look at who the starting pitchers are, you look at the, the Brewers and the Nationals today and you see Woodruff and Scherzer on the mound, you know it's going to be a good one and it lived up to it. And the Brewers have been doing special things lately. You look at what they, the way they've been playing and, uh, you can't say enough about it. obviously El Garcia. He's just swinging the bat just tremendously the last couple of weeks. And you know what the Brewers do? They go out and score early, get something on the board, give Brandon Woodruff something to work with and he's going to take over. And he did that today. He just just was masterful and you look at what he's done the it's nine consecutive quality stars a sub one era it's just and i looked at his statistics on the road he got, he's got six starts on the road he's three and two with like a like a 0.67 era those numbers are ungodly and but uh you just can't give enough credit to the brewer pitching and today it was brandon woodruff who did just an outstanding job yeah it's um i don't i don't know what more we can say about Woodruff that we have not just been saying every single time he pitches. Seven innings, two hits, ten strikeouts, two walks. Augie, what did you think? He was at 98 pitches through six, and they let him come back out for, for the seventh inning. He gets his pitch count up to 106. I mean, that, that says a lot in itself. We know that uh, Craig Council does not always uh, let his pitchers go deep into games, but it really, and not just today. I mean, you look at what Woodruff has done. He's been given the opportunity seemingly time and time again to pitch deep and really push that pitch count out. Well, I think what he's doing, you know, you look at at the at the Bruce starting pitchers. Let's take three of the pitchers because they're throwing all throwing the ball so well. Let's take uh, Woody and let's take Corbin Burns and and Freddie Peralta right now who are first throwing the ball just unbelievably. I think when you get deeper in the ball game, I think what Craig looks at is the style of how they're pitching. How are they going about the game and how are they pitching on that given day? Every day is going to be a little bit different. But you look at these three guys, mainly these three guys, and especially Woody today. What, 
was it about Woody? Getting ahead early in the count, executing that game plan, having good command of those secondary pitches, and then you keep the you keep the pitch count down. You know, anytime you watch the great pitchers, even like a, a Scherzer or anybody that we play you play, play against, you go into those games and you get into the fourth and fifth inning and you look at those pitch counts. And today you look at at Brandon. I think in the fifth inning he was right around sixty five to sixty eight pitches, and you're keeping the pitch count down, which allows you to go deeper in the ball game. Yes, he was at at a 90 some pitches going into that that seventh inning but at the same time he was in control commanding the strike zone getting ahead of hitters and just doing a fantastic job and I I think that's where Craig is maybe going to go a little bit deeper at times not every time but at times when he needs it and today Woody he wanted to get him that seventh inning and I'll tell you he sure went out and pitched very well. I thought one of the most interesting statistics about this game Woodruff 10 strikeouts Eight of the ten strikeouts came on his four-seam fastball. He has never gotten that percentage. That is a career-high percentage in number of strikeouts coming from the fastball. At one point last year, he had a game where I think it was 69% of his strikeouts came from the fastball. Today was 80% at 8 of 10. And he was throwing that thing for strikes. He was throwing it for about 75% of the time for strikes. He was getting a lot of swings and misses. Augie, he was... He was filtering in the other pitches as the day went along, but this is one of the days where it really felt like Woodruff was leading with the fastball. Execution. He executes the fastball. And, you know, the one thing about Woody, and we, we see it in that, you know, you heard me a lot of times I refer to him as the warrior on the staff. He goes out there and he just goes after people. And he has that little extra. He can always reach back and get that little extra. We've seen some pitches today where he'd pitch, start off pitching away and he need that good fastball. What would he do? He'd go with that good two-seam fastball on the inside part of the plate, that good ball that comes back over the plate, or going away with that good four-seam fastball on the lower half sector of the strike zone and then getting ahead and elevating it just on the top of the strike zone. He's got that unique ability where he's got that confidence and he can execute those pitches. And that's what's so special about him. When he needs it, he can reach back. He can get a little bit more. You'll see him 94, 95, 96. All of a sudden, bang, it's 97, 98, located real well. And that's what's really special about what he's got, that confidence that when he commands the pitches, when he needs it, he can reach back, get that little extra, and it's been paying off for him and he's been throwing the ball just outstanding yeah it really has and it's been so much fun to watch his uh his four seamer today topped out at 98 threw it as softly as 94 so that goes to exactly what you're saying averaged out at about 96 um used his four seam fastball today 41 percent of the time at one point in the game that was a little bit higher he actually started uh pushing a few more pitches late in his outing, uh, so we, we didn't see the fastball quite as much there in the 6th and 7th inning. Throws it for a strike 74% of the time. Gets This is the one, Augie. He got swings and misses. Um, six of his swings and misses, that's 27%. Six of his swings and misses came on the four-seamer. What does it tell you when guys are whiffing on the fastball? Well, it, he's got the two styles of fastball. I think when you look at him, when he goes, let's say he goes away to a right-hander, he'll sometimes throw the four-seamer or two-seamer. Your two-seamer is a purpose pitch. It's a pitch that you induce ground balls. You locate the ball out and the ball comes back. It gives that hitter a little bit of a different look because you have good movement on the ball. But then when you throw that four-seamer, I always say a four-seamer is a locator pitch. You want that pitch away. You want that pitch in. You want it up. You want it down. You throw it to a spot 
spot. If you locate it there, it's going to be very good. It doesn't have the, the, the type of movement that you get with that two seamer that has, that has that sinking or, or, uh, fading movement that you have on a ball. And that's what he does. He throws that two seamer. He'll do it early in the count. And then when he needs it, he throws that four seamer up in the count. And when you throw that, when you change velocities, that's where you get the swings and misses because they're looking, they're thinking movement on the ball going down, sinking movement, and they get that fastball that rises or takes off a little bit and locates very well. Very tough to lay off, very tough to hit, and I'll tell you what, he gets a lot of it because he commands it, he executes it, executes it, and he's usually ahead in the count. 3 nothing. Brewers get the win in Washington over the Nationals. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting into the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. You can also tweet into the show at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Brewers finish off their series against the Nationals with a 3 nothing victory, and they sweep the series from Washington. We've got more in just a moment on WTMJ. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. One and two on Garcia. Yelich at first base in the first. The delivery. Swing and a fly ball hit out towards center. Well struck Stevenson. Back warning track gone. Bobby Garcia for the second time in as many days has hit a first inning two-run homer. This time it's off of Max Scherzer. Brewers get the 3-0 win against the Washington Nationals. They sweep the series. Brewers on a pretty solid run here as they uh, continue to uh, to well, they wrap up this road trip. They're going to be back at home coming up tomorrow to open up a quick two-gamer against Detroit. Tomorrow's game on the holiday. It is a day game. Just a reminder for you, tomorrow's contest will get underway at 1.10 in the afternoon. Our coverage starts at 12 noon with Brewers warm-up here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine with me as well. We'll go to the text line. If you want to join in, you can do so by calling or texting on the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. You can tweet at me as well, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, Doug texting in. Thank God for Avisail Garcia and Omar Nervaez and I guess Colton Wong. With these three starting pitchers, if they can get just a few other guys to hit, this team is very dangerous. I would agree with Doug with what he said right there, and obviously the hitting numbers they 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 stand for themselves they they have not been a good hitting team this year there's no way to argue that they've been a good hitting team i would argue that their approach recently has been significantly better than their approach was say go back to when they were in that funk of losing the, the 13 of 15 or 15 of 18 whatever it was that uh when they went from 17 and 10 to below 500 and lost the two against Kansas City in that first game against Cincinnati before they kind of turn things around. I think the approach is better, but the numbers are not there. Augie, I've, look, when they have bad offensive days, we have no problem saying that they have they have bad offensive days. Today's one of those days where, yeah, the, the, the overall number is not great. They collect four hits. Two of the hits are home runs, so that really that really helps you out. But this is this is one of those days where I am a lot more willing to – tip the cap to the opposing starting pitcher because I thought Max Scherzer was especially after that first inning was just nothing sort of short of spectacular he was I'll tell you about the, the way he throws the ball you know Matt there's a, a real interesting story is when I was coaching at UWM we went and played University of Missouri first night in Friday night it's about 40 degrees out and who are we facing Max Scherzer there he was on the mound he's 
40 degrees out, it's a little chilly, throwing 94, 96, a little bit different style back then when he was in college, but you could tell right from the start that this guy was something special, and then after being drafted by the D-backs and then going over to Detroit is where he really started to find himself, and you know, he just has all the pitches. He's sharp, he locates, he executes, he's he's the style of pitcher when you have him in the game, you know you're going to be up for a fight because he just does not give in. He's a kind of guy who goes out and and really goes out to execute his pitches, keep his team in a ball game, and uh, you know that's what you get one of the premier pitchers of all of, ba- all of baseball. And when you ma- put him alongside of Brandon Woodruff in a game, you know you're going to get something special. But Max Scherzer was very good after after he gave up that home run to obviously L. Uh, he was just outstanding. That was his 101st 10-plus strikeout game. 101st, Augie. That is, that's, that's stupid. You can't even think of it. You know, I, I, they mentioned that. I mentioned that I was listening today, and they mentioned it. That's, that's just unbelievable. But he's such a competitor. Every time he's out there, you know, when he strikes somebody out, you see when he walks around the mound. He's, he's in the game, but he has such great stuff. He locates it. He understands what it is. He throws a slider. You can throw a slider on both sides of the plate. He can locate it up in the zone. He's got a great fastball with a lot of movement. He's got that real good changeup he has, and he's just a very much competitor. The one thing you learn about the great pitchers in the game of baseball, these are guys who always consistently pitch ahead. They pitch to contact, and when they don't get the contact, they'll go for the strikeout. And Mitch Scher- Max Scherzer does that. He just He's a guy who competes. He gets ahead. A lot like Woody has been this year. I'll tell you, Max Scherzer is that and more. He's one of the all premier pitchers in all of baseball. I wouldn't want to be his catcher. He shakes off so often. And sometimes like sometimes it feels like he's shaking off nine pitches. Like how many pitches do you throw, man? Like I just it's incredible how what that shows is that he is absolutely in control uh, of what's going on, and he knows what he's going to do, and nobody is going to. It, it, it's almost like if you're his catcher, it's not so much about calling a game. It's more about trying to understand or guess or predict what Scherzer wants to throw. Yeah, I read a story on him, and he was talking about preparation for a game. And uh, uh, I know at one time I got to, I got a, I had got to have a long conversation with Tom Seaver and how he plans. And it was amazing how Tom Seaver plans for a game now, one of the greatest pitchers of of baseball history, and how he plans. And when I read this story on Max Scherzer, it was pretty much the same way as Tom Seaver. When he goes out, he plans on how he's going to approach the game. He knows the hitters. He goes over to catcher with the catcher, how he's going to proceed in the game. But he actually doesn't understand how he's going to execute those pitches until he gets in the game. He says he may go out there with the idea before the game, they go through all the hitters and they exactly how they're going to go after him. And he gets out there and his stuff isn't there. His slider isn't there. That day. His fastball's not locating. It's not moving the way it wants. He'll change his game plan and make those, make those drastic changes during the game if he has to. And that's just the competitor he is and that's the guy who has a great knowledge of how to compete, how to make adjustments, and how to go out and pitch a game of baseball. Brewers get the win today by a 3 nothing score. They sweep the Washington Nationals. Another break, and we'll be back with more in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. 1-1. There goes Soto. Throw to second base, and they got him. Soto... With a pretty good jump, but Omar Narvaez with a perfect throw on the bag. Applying the tag was Colton Wong. 
Soto is thrown out, and the inning is over. 3-0, the Brewers get the win today over the Washington Nationals to sweep this series. My name is Matt Pauley, Jerry Augustine, former Brewers pitcher with me. 855-616-1620, that's 855-616-1620. Uh, we'll grab a couple more text messages before we break for the news at the top of the hour. Actually, interesting, Mike in Colorado and Doug asking the exact same question, asking if Tyrone Taylor can play first base. Uh, Augie, I... I can look. I'll look at his uh, his overall numbers to see if he's ever appeared at first base. To me, it doesn't feel like that's the answer, though. I understand why fans are looking at that way, and you know Taylor had some nice moments, but the the answer is still Keston Hira finding it. And if Keston Hira not finding it, Daniel Vogelback looking more like the guy he was last year. And if that doesn't happen, maybe an outside acquisition. I don't really know if Tyrone Taylor at first base accomplishes much for you. That's where he, d- he does his best work. I could he play first base? I don't think he's ever been in the field. Like that's something that that Matt you'd have to look up and find out if he does it. But I agree with you. I think what they're they're looking at they're looking at Kesta Keston still being that guy. And uh, you look what, what look what uh, Vogelbach has done at first base. He's actually played really good first base. Made a nice couple nice plays today. And uh, I think they're going to go with that. I, I like the uh, the at bats that Vogelbach gives you at times. He could come in as a pinch. And, and do the things from the left side that you need late in the ball game, but it really falls falls back to Keston here. Can he come through? Is he going to give you those good at bats? Uh, he's doing a nice job at first base on the on the defensive side. I really like what he's doing on the defensive side. It's just the offense. He's been struggling a little bit. He just needs to come around, and that's just going to take some time. Are they going to have a lot of patience with him when he now that he's come back? Uh, I think they're going to give him some time over there to see what he can do. He swung at a couple times. At bat, he's given some really good at bats, but I think that's just a patience. But I, I agree with you. I think it's not the answer with Tyrone Taylor going over there. I think he's a, he's an outfielder. He's a very good outfielder, mm-hmm. and I think that's where his career uh, is going to go. But I think it's. I agree with you. I think it's it's going to be either Dan, uh, Daniel Vogelbach or Keston Hira, or maybe something they do in the future from outside. Taylor has never played a moment. At the uh, at, at first base ever, not just in the big leagues, but in the minor leagues as well. He is uh, he has only been an outfielder. And look, I in no in no way, shape, or form am I trying to be uh, critical of Tyrone Taylor in what I'm about to say. And I understand that fans out there really, 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 really uh, want to find an answer at first base and get more production out of first base because it's not happening right now and and I agree it is something that needs to happen but Taylor this year in 31 games with the Brewers hit 203 like we're not, we're not taught and he he had moments I think that's why people think about him he had moments he had some big hits and I I think he's going to be a good major league player but Augie we're talking about a guy who hit 203 that's not a difference making bat well, I think he's had some really good moments uh, with the ball club, and I, I think when you look at what Tyrone Taylor can do in the outfield, he can play all three positions in the outfield, and I think that's probably where his career is going to continue to move on. I think any time you're playing, taking a guy who's never done it before and thinking that he can go play in the, on, a, on a major league level in infield, that's, that is very difficult to do. Now, let's take his hitting. You just said he hit 203, although he had moments when he hits, hit well. You take a guy, take him out of position, put him in a place on a major league level that he's got to go play the good, solid defense at a very 
tough position at times, that's a lot to ask for a young ball player. And I, I, I'm in total agreement with you. I think it's a difficult thing to do. I think it's very difficult for a young player to make that shift unless he's played there over a long period of time. And to do it on a major league level, I think that's asking a lot. I think the, the thing with Tyrone, I think you, you just keep him in the outfield. He could, he's a good, solid outfielder. And you try to, try to take care of that first base in another manner. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Uh, the news is up in uh, two minutes with Rusty, and then we'll hear the postgame comments of manager Craig Council after that. Brewers get the 3 nothing win as they knock off the Washington Nationals. They sweep the series. We're back with more after the news here on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley. Here's the 3-2. Swing and a miss. Ran a fastball at 97 in on Turner. He swung through it. Strikeout number six for Woodruff, and there's two away. 3-0. Brewers get the win over Washington. A fantastic pitching matchup today. Brandon Woodruff against Max Scherzer. Welcome back into Brewers Extra Innings. My name is Matt Pauley. Speaking of that pitching matchup, Woodruff v. Scherzer. That's what uh, manager Craig Council was talking about as he opened up his postgame thoughts just a little while ago. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, both guys pitched really well, and Woody was just better uh, ultimately. And it was, you know, one big hit for us and a great swing by Avi. And we got the home run that we, you know, you think you're going to need against Scherzer, basically. Um, and, it, and it held up because Woody was uh, absolutely phenomenal again. Craig, what about how Woody was able to get through that sixth inning and then the decision to let him go back out again for the seventh? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, look, any time, you know, you get a starter get, gets deep in the game, um, you know, as the innings go, the, the hitters have, have had a couple of looks at you, and so the bats are going to be tougher. Um, and he, you know, he went through the middle uh, middle of their lineup that sixth inning, so he, he was stressed to get through that inning and did a nice job. And, and that, at, you know, when he got through the sixth, he was going back out for the seventh kind of no matter what no matter what we had going on that ended up kind of being the the situation, you know, you'd hoping we'd tack down a run already or whatever, but it, you know, it ended up being a, a that spot, but I wasn't going to take him out of the game at that point. Craig, that's 10 straight quality starts for Woody. What's impressed you most about the way that he's been able to be consistent as your ace? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, you know, quality start is, is selling it short if you're defining it as six and three runs because that, that's that's selling him a little short. He's, he's been better than that to me. Um, and that's what, you know, great pitchers do. I mean, it's, it's deep in the game. It's not giving up runs at all um, or, you know, low number every time. Um, and it, it starts like that. It's It doesn't – it takes some pressure off the offense and – doesn't require a big number from them and that's you know that's why we win games so we didn't we didn't put a big number on the board today but um he, he was so good that, it, that it's it's good enough manager craig council speaking with the media just a little while ago so get this this is a this is an interesting nugget according to uh baseball statistician extraordinaire doug kern on twitter brandon woodruff and max scherzer second game in the live ball era where each starter allows two or less hits and strikes out 10 or more. Second time ever. Live ball era. Now here's a little caveat to add to that. The first time, the only other time it happened, 
was on April 3rd when Corbin Burns and Jose Barrios almost no-hit each other when the Brewers were matched up against the Twins. So this has happened twice in the live ball era where each starting pitcher has allowed two or less hits and struck out 10 and each of those games involving the Brewers, Brandon Woodruff today and Corbin Burns earlier this season. That is something. Brewers get the 3-0 win over the Washington Nationals. We'll tell you how it all went down next with the highlights. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Pauley. A 3-0 win for the Brewers over the Nationals. What a pitching matchup. Brandon Woodruff going for the crew. Max Scherzer on the mound for the Nationals. It would be the Brewers who would strike first in the top of the first inning. With one out, Daniel Vogelback walks. Christian Yelich then reaches on a fielder's choice where Vogelback is out at second. Next hitter, the hot-hitting Avisail Garcia. One and two on Garcia. Yelich at first base in the first. The delivery... Swing and a fly ball, hit out towards center. Well struck, Stevenson. Back, warning track, gone. Bobby Garcia, for the second time in as many days, has hit a first-inning two-run homer. This time, it's off of Max Scherzer. And breaking news here, Brandon Woodruff getting a little bit of run support before he even takes the mound. That's something that doesn't happen very often. And Woodruff was really, really good. And in fact, after that, Max Scherzer locked in as well. It's a 2 nothing game, and it would stay that way for a while. And the strikeout totals would uh, start to uh, build up as well for Brandon Woodruff, for, uh, for Scherzer as well. They both end up with better than 10 strikeouts in the game. In the fourth inning, Brewers lead by a 2 nothing score. There's one out, Trey Turner at the plate. Here's the 3-2. Swing and a miss. Ran a fastball at 97, in on Turner. He swung through it. Strikeout number six for Woodruff, and there's two away. Six strikeouts for Woodruff. How about Josh Bell, the next hitter? And the look on Brandon Woodruff's face right now. He is just locked in, confident, and in control. It is his mound right now. The 0-2 pitch, swing and a miss. He blew 98 right past him. Couple of strikeouts in the inning, seven for the game. And also, at that point, Woodruff had not given up a hit. That would change, though, in the next inning. Kyle Schwarber leading things off against Woodruff. Here comes Woody. Ground ball sharply hit past the shift of Colton Wong. It's the first hit of the game for Washington. He got it in there, but strong enough to get it past Colton Wong. So that ends the no-hit bid for Brandon Woodruff. Next hitter after that is Josh Harrison. Went fastball that time. It's 0-2 on Harrison. Schwarber anchored at first. 0-2. He did come back fastball and struck him out anyway. Strikeout number eight for Brandon Woodruff. They would keep on moving in the upward direction to the sixth inning. Jordy Mercer leading things off. 1-2 pitch. Strike three called. Heater on the outside corner. That's strikeout number nine for Brandon Woodruff. The next thing that happened ended up being a pretty good thing for the Brewers as well. The Nationals go to their bench to bring up a pinch hitter in Yadiel Hernandez. That ends the day for Max Scherzer, who was rolling. Hernandez draws a walk. Next hitter, Juan Soto. All right, now a 3-2 pitch on Juan Soto. Here it is. Struck him out looking. Fastball inside corner. And Brandon Woodruff gets the big strikeout of Soto. And Woodruff just smiling right now. 
Trey Turner would get a base hit, but Josh Bell would fly out. The Nationals would strand two in the sixth inning. It remains a 2-0 game. To the seventh inning, and Woodruff was sitting at 98 pitches. The Brewers would load the bases against Kyle Finnegan with two outs. They would, I think it was Luis Arias who came up in the on-deck circle trying to, and they even got uh, the bullpen up going, but it was all kind of to, uh, it was a decoy because Brandon Woodruff was not exiting this game. He would come up with the bases loaded and two outs. He would fly out. It remains a 2-0 game as we go to the bottom of the seventh inning. Woodruff eclipsing 100 pitches. He gets two outs and he faces off against Jan Gomes. The 0-2 to Gomes. And a fly ball to right. Playable for Garcia's there, and he makes the catch. And how about seven shutout again from Brandon Woodruff here this afternoon? Simply yeah, marvelous. Excuse me, Lane. And you're right. It was simply marvelous. Uh, quite the day for, uh, for Brandon Woodruff. He was done after seven innings. Brad Boxberger would come in. He would pitch the eighth inning. Uh, he would uh, allow, they would end up stranding a runner in the inning uh, as a walk was issued to uh, Starlin Castro. But again, the zero was put up in the eighth. It remains a 2 nothing game. To the ninth inning, new pitcher on for Washington. That would be Austin Voth. He would get Avi Garcia to fly out, and that would bring up Omar Nervias. 0-1. High fly, deep center field, back Stevenson onto the warning track, onto the wall, it is gone. Up and over the out-of-town scoreboard, some insurance for the crew. Omar Narvaez, home run number four, make it a 3-0 Brewers lead. So we go to the bottom of the ninth inning. Josh Hader comes on to try to record the save. First batter he faces, Trey Turner. Turner gets a base hit, so one on, nobody out for Josh Bell. No reason to speed up Josh Bell's bat by throwing him an off-speed pitch unless you bury it and hope he swings, which is highly possible. Stretch and pitch. There's the slider. Struck him out. Went down and in. Bell swung over the top of it. One away here in the bottom of the ninth. Next hitter is Kyle Schwarber. He pops out to two outs in the inning, one on, three-nothing game, and Josh Harrison stepping to the plate. First offering. Swing a line drive towards left, hanging up for Yelich. He makes the catch, and the ball game is over. The Brewers have swept the Nationals in Washington, D.C. Final score this afternoon, Brewers 3, Nationals nothing. With the win, the Brewers go to 28-25. and 25. The Nationals, they drop to 21-28. and 28. Winning totals for the crew. Three runs, four hits, no errors. They leave five. For Washington, no runs, three hits, no errors. They also leave five. Winning pitcher Brandon Woodruff, he's 4-2. The loss to Max Scherzer, he's 4-4. Four four. Josh Hader grabs his 12th save of the year. Home runs of Isayo Garcia, his 10th. Omar Nervaez hits his 4th of the year. The game lasting 3 hours and 1 minute. Played in front of 15,326 folks at Nationals Park. Brewers are now set to return home as they will open up a quick two-game series against Detroit. We'll preview that. We'll go around the National League Central and we'll wrap things up. That's all coming up. Brewers get the win. Final score 3-0 over Washington. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. 
3-0 win for the Brewers over the Nationals. They sweep the three-game series after they sweep a doubleheader yesterday. Let's grab a couple more text messages before we call it a day from the 262. Brew crew back to three games over 500 with a lack of hitting and a pretty tough schedule. Things could get good. Another text message. Heading into the June, heading in June, the schedule may give the Brewers opportunities to make up ground on the Cubs and the Cardinals. The schedule it does look like it favors the Brewers in the month of June in terms of their opponents. As uh, they're going to, coming up, they're going to play two games against Detroit, four games against Arizona, three games against Cincinnati, three games against Pittsburgh, three games against Cincinnati, four games against Colorado, three games against Arizona, and three games against Colorado. I don't think any of those teams are above 500, just off the top of my No, those are all sub-500 teams. That being said, I, I, at times it feels like some of the teams that are not as good as the Brewers sneak some wins against them. But uh, f- just from the from the win loss perspective of the opponents that you're matched up against, June certainly does look like an opportunity for the Brewers to grab some wins. Now we'll see if they are able to do it. Going around the National League Central with the Brewers playing so early today, there are a number of games that are still going on. The Reds lead the Cubs right now 5 nothing. That game is in the bottom of the eighth inning at Wrigley. Uh, Tyler Malley flirted with a no-hitter. He ends up going five innings, giving up just one hit, eight strikeouts, and one walk. A. Eugenio Suarez hitting a home run for Cincinnati, his 12th of the year. Cardinals and Diamondbacks are playing. That game is in the bottom of the fourth inning, and it is even at two runs apiece. So as we take a look at the standings right now in the NL Central, Cardinals have a half-game lead on the Cubs. Cubs are probably going to lose. Cardinals will see what ends up happening with them. Brewers are two and a half back of the Cardinals and a half-game back of the Cubs. So if the Cubs do end up losing, as it looks like they will, uh, the Brewers will uh, pull within two games of second-place Chicago. Reds seven back, and the Pirates, they are ten games back. Uh, As far as the Brewers' minor league system... Let's get this real quick for you before we call it a day. Triple-A uh, Nashville, they win at Columbus by a 9-3 score. Nashville is now 18-5. and They are having a spectacular season. Double-A Biloxi, they lose at home to Pensacola by a 9-1 score. The Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, bottom of the eighth right now at Cedar Rapids. They trail 5-2. And then Carolina is playing a doubleheader today in Game 1. They knock off Kannapolis by a 5-0 score. Game 2 is currently underway, and the Mudcats lead by a 6-4 score. Carolina's having a really good season as well as they sit with a record of uh, 15-8. Those are the two best records in the minor league system, the uh, low-A Carolina Mudcats and triple-A uh, Nashville. Brewers are back home coming up tomorrow as they are going to welcome in Detroit for just a quick two-game series. It's a holiday. We've got some afternoon baseball here at American Family Field as uh, the Brewers are going to uh, send Corbin Burns to the mound to uh, face off against the Tigers. Burns will go into uh, tomorrow's game with a 2-4 and record and a 2.33 ERA. It's such a nice thing for the Brewers to be able to have Woodruff and Burns pitching on back-to-back days. So tomorrow, 1-10 first pitch. Coverage at 12 o'clock with Brewers warm-up. I'll have you for that. And then I'll have you immediately following the game as well. We'll be back with you with Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ.